So we have been in the book of Ephesians. Say Ephesians. And God has just been doing great things. Uh, Wesley totally hit a home run, didn't he, this last week? He's, he's on vacation today, so we can't bug him about that. But if you find him, bug him about that and let him know how good that was. And what a great word that, that he shared. As I've been praying over this time, um, I saw, uh, I, I saw the, you know, I saw this thing of like many times we've given people cups of water. And, and the Lord just showed me this first scene and it was, it was black and white and it felt like poverty. And I saw us just like handing cups of water, you know, here's a little cup and here's a little cup. And I know when the Lord shows me these scenes, I'm getting ready for scene two. Because um, I love scene two. Sometimes scene one is kind of painful. There's things in my life that have to shift. There's mindsets that have to shift. And so I saw a shifting from bringing people these cups of water and it was just black and white and poverty and, and dry. And, and I, I saw this second scene and, and, and people were just in the water and were just splashing everywhere. And it was like water park. And, you know, I, I choose that scene. Did anybody here go for scene two over scene one? And many times, you know, religion is like, hey, take a cup. It, it's reminded me of the story where Saul, in the midst of the battle, told the people they couldn't have the honey. And he said, no, we're in a day of battle and you can't. And, and Jonathan didn't know that. Jonathan took the honey and ate the honey and was strengthened. But the Bible says, because the people were not able to partake of the, of the honey, their battle, their victory was limited and it was not what it could be. I vote that when God pours out honey, that we partake of that honey. Whether it's messy, whether it's sticky, whatever it looks like, that, that we're in there for all that God has. And, and the book of Ephesians begins with grace. <laughs> grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And the last chap, the last verse of the book, grace, say grace. Look at the person next to you say, grace to you. So no one's next to you, say it over the chair, because if somebody's coming to fill that chair. <laughs> grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with a love that is incorruptible. All right. So the grace of God, I talked about it several weeks ago, is, is not, it's not just a nice greeting phrase. Like, you know, hey, hey, grace, hi, grace, amen. You know, we have these little phrases sometimes we don't even know the meaning of what we're saying. Grace means the empowering presence of God enabling you to be who he's called you to be and to do what he called you to do. Woo! Now look at the person next to you and say, grace to you. <laughs> The empowering presence of God to you. The early church knew this. Grace to them was not just a theological word. Grace was God himself among his people. Grace to you. And sometimes we get grace and mercy mixed up. Grace is the kindness and compassion of God we receive when we come to him in our weakness and sin. And we're all signed up for mercy also. 
I'm, I'm thankful we don't, you don't have to choose one or the other. But many times when we don't know what grace is, we think it's mercy and we never get to grace. And we're about to step into new places of the grace of God. And there is a fresh grace on us right now as a church. The grace of God is on us. Things are stirring in a way I, have, I haven't seen them stir in a while. So we looked at Ephesians 2. Wesley did a great job going through this, how we were dead in our transgressions and our sin without God. And that place is, was a place of no hope. But when you add dead in transgressions and you put grace in the equation, we are made alive in Christ. And this morning, the Lord is going to be changing equations in our minds. I saw him doing this. There's equations that we've adopted that the grace of God is about to come in and shift that equation and bring life and bring newness. And the amazing grace that saved you is the amazing grace that's also going to carry you through this week and for the rest of your life and for all eternity. So we're going to look at three things that grace does. And our first one today is grace saves us and empowers us to live a supernatural life in the presence of God. Grace frees us from a life of trying to please God and brings us into an intimate relationship with a God who is pleased with us. So the grace of God takes you out of this religious Pressure. There's many times as, as we read the scriptures that that pressure is described as the law going back into the old covenant. And the law was this thing like you could never measure up and there was always more. And it was like if you did if you did one thing, it was like there was something else. And when we live under the law, that's the way it always is. You will never feel like you've been good enough. There will always be something more. And, and even for some of us in this room today, the Lord is changing the equation because he saved you by grace and you live by grace. He's not more pleased because you prayed more this week. He's longing for fellowship and intimacy with you. He's drawing you to himself. And so... I'm not trying to do things right now to get God to be pleased with me. I'm not going to worship harder. I'm not going to read more so God can be pleased with me, so I can know more answers right. God is pleased with me now because of what Jesus did on the cross. And he is smiling over me and he's smiling over you. And so the reason I'm worshiping him today is not to make him be more pleased with me. I'm worshiping him because he is pleased with me. I'm worshiping him because he delights in me. I'm reading his word because I want to know him. And his word is his love letter to me. And so we step out of religion and out of the law and into the grace of a loving father who is completely pleased 
with me. I come. The rightness, I have been given the rightness of God. It, I have the righteousness of God. The actual, the very way that Jesus was accepted by God, I am now accepted. And so are you. Do you believe the father was totally pleased with Jesus? I go, hey, that's my son right there, man. You have been given that gift through what Jesus did on the cross. That father looks at you in exactly the same way. Romans 6.14 says, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but you are under you are under, if you're going to be under something, be under grace. <laughs> I don't want to be under a measure of the law. I want to be under the empowering presence of God. And so I am now under grace. And as you read about the early church, the early church understood and knew the grace of God. Acts 4.33, with great power... The apostles were giving testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And abundant grace was upon who? Them all. So the grace of God was something real to the early church. The empowering presence of God was upon them. They're like, God's here. You feel that? That's the grace of God. We are living in the abundance of of the grace, the empowering presence of God is here. The air was charged with the presence of God because the people of God were full of God. And living in the, the air, in the atmosphere, and everything around them charged with the grace of God. Stephen was full of grace and power and was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Have you ever looked at anyone and said they're full of grace? Well, I believe you should. I believe this needs to be part of our vocabulary. I believe it's going to become part of our vocabulary. Acts 11, 22 and 23. News about them reached the ears of the church of Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas off to Antioch. Okay, so Barnabas goes to Antioch. He walks in. He gathers with the church. And when he arrives, he's like, guys, here's what I saw. I saw the grace of God. Uh, what do you mean, Barnabas? What did you see? What did you see on the church at Antioch? I saw, I witnessed the grace of God on the church. Anybody see the grace of God this morning? Well, we're going to. I saw the presence of God. Grace brings the element of the supernatural into every moment of our lives. Grace breathes the supernatural into every cell of our bodies, into the air, and into the atmosphere around us. The grace of God. Things are not the same when the grace of God is present. So, grace empowers us to live a supernatural life in the presence of God. The key to that is faith. By grace you were saved through faith. And that same faith that saved you. <laughs> is the faith that we're living in every day. And so there is more grace. 
and we're going to believe, we're going to trust, and we're going to see it. There's greater grace. All right, you with me? Okay. Second thing about grace. Grace brings us to new levels of strength as we face weaknesses and trials. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness, and most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. All right. This is the Apostle Paul. This is the Apostle Paul. And he's facing a, a situation where, and this is a guy like, you know, he's raised the dead. And now he's encountered something. And as he's encountering it, the Lord spoke to him about this situation. And again, this was a unique thing and he had to hear from the Lord. But the Lord said, I'm, Paul, I'm not taking this one out of you right now. I'm going to give you the grace to go through it. And sometimes the grace of God is on you on something we're asking him to totally lift it off. But the grace of God comes on you to go through it. Not what you would have chosen. But his grace is sufficient. And believe me, if God is letting you walk through something he is not going to let you walk through that in vain. And you are going to come out the other side of whatever it is, more full of grace, more full of his presence, declaring that your God is good and faithful. And you are going to get things going through that that you never would have received had you not gone through it. So there are times that the grace of God brings us through things. And the Apostle Paul in the next verse says, well, okay then. <laughs> he says, I'm content with weaknesses, insult, distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. Now, I have to admit to you, that's not my favorite verse in the Bible. But I just know that God sometimes has a different equation. You know, we've been all around the world and talked to believers all over the world and many places where people live in persecution all over the world. It's not rare. Much of the church is experiencing persecution. And, and people say things to us like they say, do not pray that our persecution will stop. Because God is doing so much in the church. In the midst of this persecution. We don't want it to stop. I, that doesn't compute to my western mind. But I see the grace of God that's on them. In the midst of what they are walking through. Many times, you know, we think weakness, we think power drain. It's going to just suck all the life out of us. But weakness 
plus grace equals power increase. You ready for some new math? <laughs> it's one of the equations of God. And one of the things about this, if there's an area, you know, Paul says, okay, if the grace of God is there in the midst of this weakness, then I'm even going to boast about it. And I believe that's one of the keys when we're walking through something that hasn't shifted is we need to go ahead and not hide it and boast about it. I will boast about my weakness so that I might live in his strength. When we go through trials and weaknesses, grace strengthens us and brings us into greater power. And I love how God is about that. You know, as God looks at us in our lives and, and he calls us into things, you know, he's not looking for someone who hasn't been through anything. You know, we're actually, even as we look for leaders, like in this church, we're not looking for leaders who haven't been through something. We're not looking for leaders who have a perfect resume. We're looking for leaders who have been through something. And what you've been through is actually a victory medal. It's like one of those, it's like a rank even. Like you've gone through something in God. And that is not a disqualification, that's a qualification. So. Grace brings us to new levels of strength as we face weakness and trials. And keys in that are humility and boasting in our weakness. Lord, your grace is here to take me through this. Finally, grace gifts us to fulfill our ministry. Paul says this, Ephesians 3, verse 1. For, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ, Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles... If indeed you've heard of the stewardship, say stewardship, the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you. So Paul is saying, God gave me something. He gave me something valuable. When you steward something, you recognize that it's valuable. And so God gave me something. I'm a steward of God's grace. And as you look at the root of the Greek word that stewardship comes from, it means to manage a house. So Paul is saying, hey guys, God gave me something for you, something precious, something that's not earthly, something that money cannot buy. God gave to me for you, and I'm going to manage it, and I'm going to make sure that you get the download that God gave to me for you through my life. And every single one of us in this room here today who's a believer, God has given you gifts. He's, there's a grace that is on your life. He says, I was, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me according to the working of his power. To me, the very least of all these saints, Ephesians 3, 8, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ. And so the Apostle Paul knew there was a grace on him to preach to the Gentiles. Now here's what's interesting. And let's just go here to Galatians for a second. Paul says this, that they recognized the grace that had been given to him. James and Cephas and John, who were reputed to be pillars, 
gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship so that we might go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Recognizing the grace. The people around Paul saw that something was on Paul to go to the Gentiles. Something supernatural. Because Paul was the perfect person to go to the Jews. He had all the degrees, all the the Torah memorized. He was like the best Jew out there. But the grace of God was on him to go to the Gentiles. And part of that was the people around him saw it. And guys, in this season, we're going to be helping each other align with the grace of God. Because, see, Paul could have been out there, well, hey, I know all this Hebrew. I know the Torah. I'm going to the Jews. But the grace of God was on him to go to the Gentiles, and the people around him saw it. Now, he saw it, too, and heard it. But sometimes we need that. This was a piece of it, was the encouragement of the believers around him. Sometimes people see the grace on you more clearly than you see it. But... This is going to be part of our vocabulary. You're going to recognize grace on someone. Hey, I see something on you. When you do this, you step into supernatural. 1 Peter 4.10 is each one has received a special gift. Employ it, serving one another as good stewards. There's our word again. You've been given something. Something has been entrusted to you. Something value has been given Valuable has been given to you. This, I love this word manifold right here. In the Greek, it actually means many-colored grace of God. <laughs> so, yes, there's the grace of God that saved us all, but there's different graces that come on us in gifting and ministry. And my grace is not the same as your grace in that. And graces can even shift in different seasons and there can be a measure of, the, we're not going to get into all this today, but there can be a measure of faith that God's given you in your gift. And there can also be a sphere or a metron that your gift is for. And by the grace of God, we're going to be rightly aligned where he wants us to be. <laughs> so we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Each of us is to exercise them accordingly, if prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith. All right. First Corinthians 1. I love how there's even a grace on churches. I thank my God always concerning you, the church of Corinth, for the grace of God which was given you, Corinthian church, in Christ Jesus. And here's what you look like, Corinthian church, you, you got a lot of speech and knowledge gifts. And this was, well, this was the church where they were, all, they were all speaking in tongues. And Paul, he comes and says, hey, that's, that's, I love that. And let's, let's interpret too. He doesn't say no tongues. He says even you know, more tongues. He says tongues is like prophecy. And, and so this, this church was overflowing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It was the grace of God on them. And there are different graces for different churches. And this really helped me one day. It's like, okay, 
God doesn't, church is not one side, like it's, he's made churches different on purpose. And churches have a grace that they bring into a city, into a region. So I never go into another church trying to make it exactly like convergence. I know God wants freedom in the Holy Spirit. I know he wants the gospel to come forth. But they're going to be a grace that's on that church in that region that we want to call forth. And so we're here in this region. And God has graced us through the years. We have helped bring the prophetic into our region. There's also been a strong apostolic call on us. And this church has been, for the 70 years, has been a sending church. And has sent people out. And, and we still do that. I mean, churches are calling people from our church saying, come, come do this. Come prophesy. Come help us. And, and, and that's part of the grace that is on us. So there can be a specific grace on a church. All right. So this is, uh, this is my dog. This, this is Annie. She, she di- actually died back in uh, 2012. And Annie was a shepherd dog. And uh, after Annie died, for months, people came by asking where Annie was. Like people at the fence there came by and said, well, what happened to Annie? I I really miss her and all this. And what I realized was Annie had like this huge pastoral ministry. (laughs) That I didn't even know she had. They're like, oh, she was the sweetest dog. And I, and, I, and I felt it too. Like, you know, you looked in Annie's eyes and I was like, no one understands me like Annie. You know, and, and she just was, she was right at your feet. You know, a shepherd, have you ever had a shepherd dog? Like right there and you think they're going to nip your foot almost, but they're leading you. And, and, and she, was, she was just so sweet. But Annie, her owner... <laughs> Tried to teach her to fetch a ball. And her owner was never successful. At times even felt kind of bad about it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm just not a good dog trainer. That, you know, all that. So after, after Annie passes away, um, we get Hope. And some, how many, who's met Hope? Okay. Now, Hope is obviously a golden retriever. And the first time I throw the ball, what happens? I'm like, well, I'm a good dog trainer. <laughs> My dog goes and gets the ball. What does your dog do? <laughs> the first time she grabs the ball and she brings it back. She's a retriever. And that's what retrievers do. She'll bring that ball up to you. In fact, she'll take that ball with all her, and she'll rub that ball all over you and get you all, and you're like, oh, man, I need a shower now. I love you, Hope, you good little puppy. The grace is on Hope to retrieve balls. And I realize it's like, I don't want to spend my life trying to train shepherd dogs to be retrievers. I want to help retrievers be retrievers and shepherd dogs be shepherd dogs and and bless that. 
I want to recognize the grace of God on someone. I want to recognize the grace of God on my life. Because there's some of you here that God has a new equation for you, and that equation doesn't match your education. It doesn't match your training. But God has entrusted and made you a steward of something precious. And so you're going to break out of the pressure of man. You're going to break out of, well, that doesn't line up with your degree. That doesn't, and maybe it does. And we're going to steward and be faithful with the grace of God on our lives. And as a church, we're going to recognize the grace of God on each other. And we're going to help each other align. You know, a few more pictures of hope. There she is. Sorry, I got a little carried away. And there she is, speaking of balls, wearing the sweater of a football team that's going to win. All right, I want to tell you a story, and this one kind of breaks the rules in some ways. I was on a, a Zoom two weeks ago, and a guy was on there named Michael Terry, and he told his testimony of how one night he woke up at 1.45, but he didn't know it was 1.45. He thought it was the morning. He got up, started making the coffee, and all of a sudden, the Lord said, hey, what are you doing? It's still night, and it was one, he looked at 1.45, and that was a very significant number for his life. He went back to bed and had this dream encounter with God. And in the dream, all of this artwork started flying out of his life. Paintings, drawings. And all of these things were just like exploding out of his life. He woke up from the dream. He had never been a good artist. Didn't paint, didn't do any of that, really didn't ever feel like he could or was gifted. But he woke up from the dream knowing that God had put a grace on his life. And now, this is his website, um, it's Michael, Michael Terry, you can, you can look it up, and he does, he does this ama amazing paintings, he does paintings for celebrities, um, something happened. Something got on him. And I just want to throw this into the equation this morning here at the end of this. That when the grace of God comes on to you for something, you can do what God says you can do. And your brain may have told you all of your life you can't do this. But when God says you can do it, you can do it. And the grace of God is an amazing empowering, incredible thing. And I want us to stand this morning. There is a fresh grace that is on us as a church. And some of you are about to do things that you said you would never do. Maybe even some of you are about to paint. When, when you said you'd never paint, you're not good. Your uh, first grade teacher affirmed it and said you're not a good painter. <laughs> When they shouldn't have and just should have, you know. Some of you have, I just feel like we have no idea some of the good things that God is about to manifest out of our lives. Some of you have felt like you're just not that person who shares the gospel. That you're not that bold person. 
and something's about to get on you. Some of you have been thinking, well, I, 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 don't, I don't prophesy like that. I don't do this. I don't do that. Some of you, there's been things that, that have been laid down for, your, for a season in your life, and the Holy Spirit is about to say, pick it up again. I have made you a steward of the gospel. And the grace of God is about to come to step into something fresh and something new in that whole arena. So, Father, today we just thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your presence and your power in this place. We thank you, Lord, for what you're releasing and what you're pouring out. Lord, I thank you that the grace of God is on convergence right now. Lord, I thank you that as we're gathering, I feel that sense of, I don't even know what's going to happen here now. Like this is out of control. And Lord, I want to bless that. We bless your order that is so different from man's order. And Lord, I thank you for the grace of God coming on our lives in a fresh way. I thank you that gifts are being stirred up again. And even you're going to go to new dimensions in gifts. And I bless the grace even that's coming for us to do things that we've never done before. I feel like some of you even today, the Lord is speaking to you about your voice. I, I feel like even some of you are going to start find yourself singing. I feel like some of you, even who felt like you're not, you said, I am not musical. I feel like you're even going to write music. That God's going to give you melodies. Lord, I thank you for your grace that's present. And I thank you that you're giving us eyes to see and ears to hear. To align with the grace. And Lord, as a church, find us faithful with the grace that you have stewarded, that you have stewarded to us here in Fort Worth, Texas, in August of 2021. We say yes. That we will be who we are. We take our place in this region. We take our place in the nations. As a prophetic house, as an apostolic house, as a house of worship and prayer, we take our place, God. As an equipping center, we take our place and we receive the grace that is on us. And Lord, I want to thank you that your grace is sufficient. I, I just want to pray for a moment. I feel like there are those of you that right now, for whatever reason, you don't, you, we don't always even know, but you're in the middle of something that you don't want to be in the middle of this place. And you need the grace of God 
in that place, I want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray for a moment. Father, we just declare this morning that your grace, your grace is sufficient. In fact, I just want to ask you to come on up here to the front. It's okay to come forward twice in one day, three times in one day. Sometimes making a move is very significant in the spirit that we align our bodies. We not only say yes with our mind and our heart, but we align our bodies. Lord, I just want to declare right now that your grace is sufficient and your power is perfected in weakness. And I believe there's a new place that he's bringing you to. I see grace melting away frustration. I see it melting away bitterness. And I, I, even, I, see, I even see people like you have, you've been just grabbing. And I feel like you're about to grab the grace of God. <laughs> I, I see people reaching like, help. And, and I feel like we're about to grab the grace of God. Lord, this time, we're not going to grab bitterness. We're not going to grab anger and the frustration, we're going to grab your grace. And I declare shame off of you. Shame off of you. I don't know how it felt for the Apostle Paul to say, I'm going to boast in my weakness and even to write it in the letter that we read today about his weakness. And I bless you shame off of you in Jesus name every accusation off of you and the grace of God on you to boast to boast in your place of weakness so that even more of the grace of God may be on you and I bless you in that place for the grace of God the grace of God grace of God on you. Greater grace, greater grace. All right, I want you to look at a person near you. And I want you to, I want you to think now that when you say grace, it's not just a word. You're releasing the empowering presence of God. I want you to look at a person near you and I want you to say, grace to you. Grace to you. Grace to you. Yeah, and I just felt like too, like, um, we, we just need to be willing. I this, this story also just so spoke to me, like, that's his whole. That's a supernatural thing that happened to him. But what if he had? What if he just said, "Well, it must mean something else," because I don't know how to paint. And what if he never picked up the paintbrush? God was giving him something supernaturally, but if he had not picked up the paintbrush, it never would have happened. So right now, I just felt like right now. Jesus, we pick up the paintbrush. Whatever it is, 
that you're giving us right now to steward the grace in, to steward the, your supernaturalness in, we pick up the paintbrush. We say yes. We just say yes. And we thank you that as we pick up the paintbrush and we begin to paint, that you give us supernaturally everything that you want to do and say and write and be. And so we say yes to you. We say yes as a church. We pick up our paintbrush. And this season in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're going to witness the grace of God. And I declare over you as we go today, eyes to see and ears to hear the grace of God. That you recognize the grace of God. And I bless us, Father, that we do. We pick up the brush and we, we align with that grace for this season. The grace of the Lord be with you.